Chapter 24 Finishing Well It's nice to start well. It is even better to finish well. Dr. William Culbertson, former president of Moody Bible Institute. As an eight year old boy growing up in Hawaii, Brian Clay dreamed of winning one of the most prized gold medals in the Olympic Games, the decathlon. He accomplished that goal in Beijing in 2008. In the decathlon, Athletes earn points for their marks in 10 events over two days. With a commanding lead going into the last event, the 1500 meter run, Clay could have assumed he could relax in the race and still earn the gold medal. But when Clay was asked when he knew that he had the decathlon title wrapped up, he surprised me with his reply. In that last race, when I was about 10 feet from the finish line, that's when I knew I'd won. You know, I'd worked and trained and competed for eight years to be able to stand on the top step and have the gold hanging around my neck. And if there was anything those eight years of competition had taught me, it was that in competing against, you know, the best in the world in 10 grueling events, anything can go wrong、uh, before you cross the finish line. I've never competed in the Olympics, but I have competed in life. Like Brian Clay, I've learned that the race isn't over until you cross that finish line. Even in the very last years of life, just short of that finish line, you can continue to be used by God. People still need you, you can still have an impact. Consider the life of Dr. Oscar Rimmick, who spent nearly his entire life as a leader in educational institutions until he died at the age of 69 when a rare cancer took his life in just 17 days. He was known to say, I want to be fully used up for the purposes of God. I want to live my life fully for Jesus Christ and then expire. A younger man he mentored named Scott described him. Oscar was 100% committed to being used by God for whatever, wherever. People were drawn to him. His total commitment was contagious. We need models like Remick to show us how to live all the way to the end of life. My father was only 66 when he died, I was 28 at the time. Just as he was fully standing on the patriarch step, suddenly he was gone. As a young man, I had been robbed of the privilege of watching my dad grow old and gleaning lessons from his life. I needed an older man to show me what it looked like to finish well. As I write these words, I'm 63 and acutely aware of how two older men have been a pair of divine gifts to me. Giving me models of how to run these last laps of life. Dr. Howard Hendricks, affectionately known as Prof, was the best teacher I sat under in more than 18 years of academic studies. In one year, I took all five of his classes that he taught at Dallas Theological Seminary. And although he motivated me through the ceiling, he nearly killed me.
prof didn't believe in tests. He believed in learning. That's why he loaded us up with homework every night. I was never so academically stretched in all my life. Trust me. Over a span of four decades, Prof and I became good friends. I taught him some of the nuances of fly fishing, and he in turn taught me techniques in public speaking and communications. He created a hunger for truth in me and then taught me how to feed myself with the scriptures. He continually expressed belief in me. Prof gave me entire days when I came loaded with questions about loving my wife, raising my children, and leading an organization. He took my calls. He and his wife, Jean, invested heavily by spending time with and mentoring the 60 couples who speak at our Weekend to Remember marriage getaways. One of the most important things Prof taught and modeled was what the Bible had to say about aging. He dusted my mind with itching powder and taught me how to think about the last season of life, how to grow old with purpose instead of just growing old. How in God's economy, gray hairs are to be held in high esteem. He modeled stretching out all the way to the finish line, teaching more than 13,000 students at Dallas Theological Seminary over a span of 60 years, well into his 80s, discipling a dozen men in a small group and keeping a vigorous speaking schedule long after he had a bout with cancer that took one of his eyes. I'll never forget the day I heard that he had fallen and broken a couple of ribs. At the age of 83, he'd fallen off a platform at a conference where he'd been speaking, all because he had no sight in his right eye. Prof is like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going. He is showing me and thousands of others what it looks like to run well and to finish well. When I hear the whispers that beckon me to unplug, take it easy, and glide on into the finish line, I almost immediately think of my friend, Prof. I can't tell you what a motivation and source of strength his example is to me. Prof's life has led me to a profound conclusion. Every man, I repeat, Every man needs one or two older men in his life who model what it looks like to run with purpose all the way to the finish line and who finish well with smiles on their faces. The other man that God used in my life was my boss for nearly 35 years, Dr. Bill Bright, founder and president of Campus Crusade for Christ, now known as Crew. For many years, I considered Bill one of my mentors. He called himself a bond slave of Jesus Christ. And in so many ways, he taught me what it meant to be totally committed to Jesus Christ. He modeled how to trust God no matter what I was feeling or experiencing. Watching Bill was better than an MBA in leadership. He even kicked my tail on occasion really kicked it. Early in my career, I made a presentation to him and asked him for $1 million. At the end, he said nothing about my request for the money, but instead lectured me on at least a half dozen grammatical errors that I'd made in my presentation. He cared enough to develop me as a young leader. Once I came to him discouraged and asked him if he'd ever thought about quitting as a leader, he responded instantly with one word, never. I thought he was kidding. 
but without blinking, he looked me square in the eye and calmly assured me, I have never, ever, ever thought about quitting. Bill taught me how to live, love, and lead. And in the last season of his life, how to die. He was diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis in the late 1990s and spent the next few years slowly losing the battle to breathe. He was on oxygen around the clock during the last couple of years, yet he modeled a purposeful, focused life all the way to the end. He reached out to encourage and exhort others. One time I visited him in the hospital, and he was working on a book, one of his 80 projects he had going at the time. He put his hand on mine, looked me in the eyes, and delegated one of those projects to me. Later, as I walked out of the hospital room, I realized what had happened. So I turned around and went back into that room with a big grin on my face, and I said to him, Bill Bright, you are amazing. Here you are dying, and I came over here to encourage you, and all you did was give me more work to do. (laughs) I'll never forget him throwing both of his hands up in laughter. Only a couple of months before his death, I had the privilege of interviewing Bill. That interview remains one of my top five out of the more than 3,000 interviews I've conducted over the past two decades. Bill Bright continued working from his bed until his body began to shut down. He passed into heaven at the age of 82 to the sound of his family singing his favorite hymns. Bill Bright certainly didn't rust out. We all start the race that is set before us, but it's common for many of us to grow weary and lose heart along the way. It takes a courageous man to keep on keeping on, to keep on stepping up and to finish strong. The scriptures describe life as a race. In 1 Corinthians 9:24, Paul tells us, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, the author says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You and I are in a race. Others are watching the direction we're running and how we're running. So run your race to win. And regardless where you find yourself on the steps of manhood today, I want to encourage you to do your duty. Keep on stepping up. Though we can't choose the time we live in, we can, as Gandalf the Grey said in Lord of the Rings, decide what we do with the time that is given us. (laughs) ¶¶ 